In New York City, at 52 West 8th Street in Greenwich Village, there's a nondescript-looking brown building. In 1968, Jimi Hendrix bought a nightclub here that had gone out of business and converted it into a recording space. He called it Electric Lady Studios. Thirty years later, a group of musicians bonded by their embracement of offbeat rhythms, irregular chords, and proudly black music started recording sessions at Electric Lady Studios. The results were nothing short of legendary. These musicians called themselves the Soulquarians, and it featured luminaries of the alternative hip-hop and neo-soul movement like Questlove of The Roots, D'Angelo, J. Dilla, and Common, who stated, It was one of those time periods that you don't even realise when you're going through it that it's powerful. At the forefront of the group, the Soulquarians' sole female member, Erica Bardu. She was returning from a short sabbatical, taking time away from music to raise her new son. She was now ready to make her next album. From 1998 to 2000, she held informal recording sessions alongside the other Soulquarians, resulting in impromptu collaborations as they each finished their own individual albums. First The Roots with Things Fall Apart, then D'Angelo with Voodoo, then Common with Like Water for Chocolate, each critically acclaimed. Then it was Erica Badu's turn. Recorded in a tumultuous swirl of events between the breakdown of her relationship with Andre 3000 to the murder of an unarmed black man by New York City police, Badu captured the essence of heartbreak and soulful anguish of life as an African-American woman in the new millennium. On November 21st, in the year 2000, Badu released Mama's Gun to rave reviews. The album would go platinum in the United States, but failed to match the success of her debut. Speaking on her initial disappointment at its performance, Badu said, When I started to tour again, and saw all the people show up who knew the words, it was confirmation that the work is not always for commercial success, it's also for spiritual upliftment. Indeed, more than commercial success, Erica Badu succeeded in making one of the great neo-soul records not just of the period, but of all time. But Mama's Gun wasn't the only album to come out that week. As a matter of fact, Enya released her fifth studio album, A Day Without Rain, just a day earlier, and went on to sell 16 million copies worldwide. How? Well, we're gonna find out. Welcome to When Albums Collide. To the When Albums Collide podcast. I'm joined by my co-host Pedro Duran. Pedro, how's things? Good. How's everyone out there in listener land? I'm I'm doing pretty rough personally. Oh, I had a big one last night. I really tied a knot on, and uh, I've lit some scented candles. And I've I tell you what. So this this week we're doing Erica Badu and Enya. And let me tell you, Enya is possibly the worst album to listen to ever when you're hungover it makes you want to jump out a window it was so oh it was bleak but we have two powerful uh female musicians here so we had to get a third powerful female into the studio to uh to help us talk about it um can we please introduce our guest pedro you want to take the reins yes uh i've met this uh uh amazing songwriter um i don't know maybe like two 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 years ago and um, she's continued to create beautiful songs, beautiful music. She just uh, released a single recently. She has more music coming coming through. It's uh, it's Ruby. Ruby, say hello. What's up, guys? Hello. Oh, my God. I'm in the podcast world. This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having me. <laughs> it's so futuristic. I know. I know. Right? 2020. Wild times. 
I, I was talking to Pedro and we were talking about getting on the on the show and we were really excited mm. and I yeah. was like to let the guest sort of direct which album we're going to do and mm. and I think you pointed towards Mama's Gun by Erica Badu. What is your what is your experience with uh, Erica Badu? Um so she is just an absolute icon to me. I kind of discovered her later in life. Like I probably only I think the first song I heard from her was um On and On, you know, the classic. Mm-hmm. Um her classic first big single. Um, and then kind of just fell in love and she's just really inspired, I guess, the way, the way I write music, but also generally just like living life as well. She's just such a wise person. Yeah. Anyway, so she's great. She's inspired me so much in this album specifically, I just think is incredible. So I was, yeah, really stoked to be able to talk about it. It's going to be good. Uh, What's your experience with Enya? Nil. Um, <laughs> I think I had heard like, is the song Orinoco no Yeah, that's flow? the one. <laughs> um, which my only like run in with Enya is the scene in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo mm. where David Fincher thought it would be really funny to have Stellan Skarsgård torture Daniel Craig and attempt to murder him to like the most incongruous sappy song of all time. Right. I love it. Um, I love that kind of juxtaposition. Yeah. Never had a man in it before fucking wild but i didn't know anything about enya other than this is music that i assume my nana would have listened to god rest her soul absolutely um, it's just oh boy pedro yeah i mean when the thing is i knew of enya and i just knew that it was like new age music and and honestly it's funny because um when we uh decided to do these two albums and i'm like enya and i was like what do i know about her and i in my mind you know how you like fuck up lyrics a lot of time and you're just like I was like, I think that's one of her songs. And then it turns out it is one of her songs. It is one of her songs. And then I was like, I I could have sworn I've heard this uh, song on like millions of millions commercials for like the new Mitsubishi Lancer. You know what I mean? Like they play in the background. They're like the new Mitsubishi Lancer. They're driving through the hills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay, we're going to get to Only Time. We're going to get to it, trust me. But it was used for a lot of things, um, humorous and otherwise, Mm. as the bed for it. Okay, so I had only heard for Erika Badu, and I've seen her live. So, And I would say to anyone, if you get a chance to see Erika Badu live, go and fucking do it. Because I wasn't even like a huge fan. And then she came on and she just like, destroyed yeah absolutely destroyed. i heard i heard she's incredible i'm jealous i saw her a couple of years ago she comes out on stage in front of this like curtain and she just does like vocal acapella 15 minutes straight and you're like oh okay and then all of a sudden she like goes into a big number and the curtain drops and the whole band comes out and like explode it's Ugh. fucking and her hair is fucking amazing but i'd only really listened to the first album which is yeah. which came out and I thought this album is like an improvement in every way because Baduism, yeah, yeah, Baduism like starts off really strong and it kind of like falls off a cliff towards the end a little bit for me. This album kicks so much ass. Mm-hmm. I fucking love this album, and maybe that's because of the structure. But it's something about something about this album. It suits any mood. That's what I'd say. I can put it on like Saturday night on a party. You can put it on in the bedroom if you have a date or something. You can put it on Sunday morning. You're making breakfast. Like, it just sort of fits in everything. Whereas I think Enya fits in no situation. Maybe <laughs> a fucking doctor's waiting office or something. Yeah. I don't think that music fits anywhere. And so that might be the structure. If you listen to Mama's Gun by Erica Badu, the tracks all flow into each other, right? Like, My Life leads into And On, which leads into Clever. It's just one long jam session that they're doing. And the instruments never stop. Mm -hmm. There's no, like, delineation between different songs. The songs just go into each other. So it's just, like, one big vibe. Yeah. 
Absolutely. God, imagine being in that like, you know, Electric Ladyland studios where they recorded that just in that room of musicians. It would just be incredible. Like it, it does feel when you listen to it, like it is just one big jam and they've taken all these good bits and been like, oh, that works. Like, let's make a song out of it. Like, it was pretty amazing. This is going to sound like some fucking pretentious shit. So I apologize in advance when I'm saying it. But the album, Mama's Gun, is so warm. Mm. Is that pretentious to say? Like, it's really warm. It's got a warm sound. And maybe that's Questlove on the drums or mm. Jay Dilla with the production. It has, like, warm tones. And it makes you feel like, you know, it's soul, soul music. There is no warmth in Enya's album. Is it A Day Without Rain? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. yeah. It's such a cold album. It's rainy day music. Like, I get it. I get what she's doing. But also, because she didn't write any of the lyrics, it was written by Irish poet Roma Ryan, it's also very impersonal because mm. the songs aren't really about her like her life or her beliefs or anything, and it's just so distant and cold. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I yeah. mean, listening... And they were all really the same. <laughs> yeah, what I wanted to say was just that it's interesting because both artists are, you know, they're, they make kind of super, you know, chilled, uh, relaxed, tranquil music, you know, like you were saying, Jed, you just, uh, Erica Badu's album, you can put it on any time. And um, like, I have trouble with insomnia, so I can imagine this putting this album on and just kind of jamming into it and letting my body relax and just falling asleep. With Enya's music, I can do the same thing as well. But there's a couple of tracks on there that I was worried that I might be um, Christopher Nolan incepted with some Latin <laughs> demonic. Uh, uh, incantations yeah because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i was like what the fuck is this am i gonna be am i gonna be uh possessed by a demon in, in the morning or something let's let's get into it with the first song a day without rain and i put it on title track of the end album i put it on hung over a shit and i thought oh boy this is going to be a long listen mm. this is like the blandest whitest I, I couldn't I couldn't encapsulate it. Even the, the reason behind the song, it was named after the high amount of rainfall over Ireland in the course of a year. After one particular stretch of consistent rain over a few days, the sun came out, which inspired Enya to write it. Holy shit, could you get a more boring reason to write a song? Inspired. <laughs> I, I actually, I was I went into the podcast and I'm like, God, I hope Ruby and Pedro like wake me up because I feel like I'm being a real cynical jerk and that it's actually artistic and it's actually like nice and poetic. Am I, am I wrong here? Am I being a jerk? I think like there's some pretty elements of some of the songs, like moments in some of the songs. Like there's a the piano line that kind of comes in at the start of a day without rain. I'm like, oh, that's nice. And then it kind of just doesn't really go anywhere. But yeah, I agree. It doesn't make me feel anything like getting through this album. I was like, this is a struggle. <laughs> like I'm really struggling to like continue to listen. Let's this. compare it to how Erica Badu starts off Mama's Gun with Penitentiary Philosophy. That starts off with a hiss and a roar. Yeah. That is yeah. a great track. And this instrumental little rainy, rainy day track does nothing for me. I was like, oh, so that's the difference between these two albums. Yeah, this is going to be a long listen. Yeah. Yeah, it's a banger, man. It like just comes off like just a, like a banger. It's blasting with the funk. I like um I I really like how she used the vocoder to give that like auto tune kind of mm. uh, a sound to her vocals, um and just um the concept of the song the idea that sometimes the way we think um about ourselves can become uh, a prison and if we don't get out mm. of that we are gonna just lock ourselves down I just thought that was like super dope um. Um, just uh, the whole concept of the song compared to uh, Enya's song, where it's just like, 
oh, it stopped raining. That's nice. I'm going to write a song about it. Yeah. So then the next track on, on Enya's album, <laughs> Words, is Wild Child. And this is, so I think she's actually singing in this one. Yeah. Uh, on Wild Child, and I was like, I, I assume people like Enya, right? There are people out there. People love Enya. She's Ireland's best-selling singer. Yeah, she's only behind U two in terms of an, a musical act, but like Wild Child in particular, I was like, oh my god. I agree. I did not like the song. I think like this was <laughs> the the one that was no, actually no. We'll we'll get to the one that was like most offensive. <laughs> but um, this I was like, it just didn't. It just wasn't nice in the ear holes. Nothing about it was 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 going for me. Just oh my goodness. Um and and so by like this point, like Erica Badu, she's going into like Didn't You Know, which is a big mm, song. Track. Here's a question. Here's a question for you. Does she have big singles? Because when I think of the sort of neo soul singers, R and B singers like that, like I think of like Lauren Hill or Jill Scott or even like Macy Gray or something. I feel like they have big singles or like big, you know, like that thing or mm. hands mm. or something. Does Erica Badu have big singles? I think she just has good albums, like no no standout bangers. Yeah, I mean, on and on on Baduism was definitely a like standout single. I don't know. I feel like Didn't You Know was probably one of the that's what like I think this would be the biggest yeah and this the was most the first one I heard yeah. off that album as well that's definitely this is oh actually no that's a lie the first one I heard was Green Eyes but um yeah this is the one that kind of drew me into listening to the album as a whole yeah mm. fuck, it's a great track so like yeah, like definitely. that groove you just sit into it straight away like as soon as it starts you're like oh okay like you just feel like comfortable to sit back into it and just like let her take you on this journey of her spitting her like amazing lyrics so yeah that's such yeah a i think that's a, that's a great way of uh uh, uh wording it. it it is that thing you just sit back you chill out you let your body relax and she and you're letting her take the, the driver's mm. seat and taking you on this ride so yeah and lyrically like as well it kind of it really correlates well i think like with the time that we're in at the moment like if you listen to it, it's like, like time to change the world. Where in the world is all the time? Like this really, she is big on that whole, like looking inwards to change what's happening on the outside. Yeah. The song I think definitely kind of makes you think about all that, all that kind of stuff, which is cool. So if we're talking the big commercial songs on each album, we can't go without talking about Enya's only time. <laughs> and if you th if you think that you haven't heard Enya's Only Time, you are mistaken. You have yeah. heard Enya's Only Time because it, it is like the go-to sappy, it, almost to the point of it's like a parody of sad music now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and if you're looking for a banger by Enya, this is going to be it, right? <laughs> it's like this or Orinoco Flow. These are the club bangers from Enya. This is the closest you're going to get to a commercial song. So obviously we have to talk about it's all over the internet. Following the uh, September 11, 2001 attacks on the Twin Towers, sales of the album and its lead single Only Time skyrocketed after it was used by several radio and television networks in their coverage and the aftermath of the attacks. Without sounding insensitive, that is one hell of a marketing strategy. <laughs> yeah. Tying your song in with a massive, massive tragedy. And obviously, Enya had nothing to do with it. Like, she didn't tell those television networks to use her song. They just chose it because it fit the, the theme. But even Erica Badu, later in the album, has a song referencing the shooting of an mm. unarmed African immigrant. Yeah. But compared to 9-11, it's no contest. No. Like, this is nine, September 11? Holy shit. Am I being really cynical and thinking there's some, like, 
scumbag A&R record exec right now just waiting for like a tsunami or a swarm of locusts to hit so he can push the next Taylor Swift song on, on, on the next ballad or something? I don't know. No, that might be, that might God, I wonder how Anya feels about it. Like how would she have felt at that time? Yeah. Well, like, listen, you are synonymous with 9-11. I know. Well, listen, she didn't stop performing after, you know what I mean? And she didn't say, oh, hey, I don't want to be um associated with it so i think she uh i I think she wrote it all the way to the bank so if anything i'm now since we're living in the world of like fake news and conspiracy theories i'm i want to do a little bit of investigation because there is a good possibility that enya could have been involved with 9-11 simply to get the sales of her album up so i i can argue my god you're gonna blow this case i can argue i'm gonna argue that and um, (laughs) i will have some definitive proof uh soon enough so you yeah. heard it here first, everybody. In He's her defense, and uh, this will be one of the few <laughs> times during this episode that I defend Enya. In her defense, uh, it was re-released as a remix in 2001 um, and with a final remix by, by her producer or whatever. And she donated the earnings from the sale of that single to the Uniform Firefighters Association's Widows and Children's Fund to help families of firefighters in the aftermath of 9-11. So full credit to her. She didn't profit as much you know she remixed it and and donated the proceeds good on Enya for doing that but this song this is not a song you want to listen to when you're hungover if you're hating life you'll hate it even more as a Mm. vocalist Ruby because you're the most qualified to talk Mm. about it what do you think of Enya's actual like singing not not the melodies or the or the actual composition but what is she a good singer um it's kind of hard to tell because you You don't really get much range from her. It all kind of sits around that same little mellow, like, like all in that same area. And because she oversaturates it so much with so many different, I think I read that she did like 50 different like vocal parts and then puts them all together. And that's where she gets that big kind of like chorus sound. So it's kind of hard to tell. Um, she can she can hold a melody and it's definitely within that kind of like Irish um is it Gaelic? Yeah. I wanna say. That kind of like feel. And I yeah, so I don't know. Like she can yeah, she can hold a melody. Um I wouldn't say she's like a, you know, belted out to the rooftops kind of singer. Definitely no Eric Badu. I'm scared we're gonna get some like Irish nationalists the IRA. <laughs> like you're like attacking the podcast because this is like folk music for them. It's like Celtic music. Are we just shitting on like someone's heritage and tradition? Very possibly, yes. Yeah, well, maybe we just don't understand it. Like maybe like she is the second biggest artist in Ireland. Like maybe there's some Irish thing that we're just not. Are either of you Irish? No, I'm not, so I'm not far away it. from Irish. <laughs> I think her vocals, as musically, her vocals are fine. But there are other mm. artists that sound kind of similar that I enjoy much, much more because the music is so much more interesting. Right. Julia yeah. Holter or the Coteau Twins or like Wiseblood, someone like that. They have a sort of orchestral Baroque quality to their voice, but they don't suck is the, is the difference there. Whereas I think Enya sucks hard <laughs> and not to do with her mm. voice, but the actual music itself. Yeah, absolutely. She doesn't have a lot to work with to kind of push it anywhere. Interesting. And but honestly, so we, we get to a, the next track, Tempus Vernum, which is mm. like another orchestral. It's essentially video game boss music, which was a genre I didn't know existed. <laughs> yeah. And when she was asked to, you know, classify her own music, 
what genre are you, Enya? She simply replied, my genre is Enya, which is a little bit, you know, <laughs> up yourself. Yeah. It, it's a marvel that this album could even be made. Like, a, a song like this getting a commercial release like that. Um, someone, Dickens, I think Walter Dickens, who signed her to Warner Music, just said, here's 75,000 pounds. You can have whatever you want. Minimal interference, because he was just so obsessed with the music. And he is quoted as saying, sometimes you sign an act to make money, and sometimes you sign an act to make music. This was clearly the latter. I just wanted to be involved with this music. So he was obviously a huge Enya stan, and signed up to her OnlyFans (laughs) or whatever, and gave her all this money and said, yeah, just make an album. I love you. I I love you, whatever. I'll donate, whatever. Just make music. Um, So full credit to her. Yeah, but this song, <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? You, you don't think this? You don't think this slaps? Yeah, <laughs> this is straight fire. This song. Uh, yeah, I was scared when it came on. I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what's happening now, right now? Yeah, me too. This was the song. I mean, I was just like listening I to, mean, it and I was like, and I was, it was like nighttime, and I'm in my headphones in my house, and I'm just like, is a portal to hell about to open up, and uh, you know, Satan himself is gonna be like, oh. You've listened to the right song at the right time. Now you have to come with me because it's all like. (laughs) It's like just scary exorcist music at this point. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. So let's contrast it with some some nice music by Erica Badu. The song dot 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 and on, which Mm. is, I guess, because she had on and on and then this is and on. And this is like one of the deeper songs. That's another thing. I can actually analyze Erica Badu's lyrics, whereas there's nothing to analyze yeah. in Enya's lyrics. And right. this is like a sort of religious song where she's like espousing teachings. Do you, do you want to go into it? Shall we go into it? Yeah. I want to hear about it. Talk to me. For, for those who don't know, and, and it, it's quite big, this is a song that espouses the teachings of the 5% Nation, which is an offshoot of the Nation of Islam, which itself is an offshoot of actual Islam. Um, And it was founded in the 60s in America by a guy who went by the name of Clarence 13X. He followed around Malcolm X a lot. And he told all about how black people were the original people of planet Earth. And there was a doctrine of supreme mathematics. And for any hip-hop fans, that's going to sound familiar because there are lots and lots of artists that are into the supreme mathematics and supreme knowledge like Rakim, uh, the Wu-Tang Clan, Nas, people like that. So I would need to get a theologist on the show to actually talk about all this religious stuff. I am not qualified to talk about it. But needless to say, you have this new religion that's putting, uh, you know, if you're a disadvantaged African-American youth, this would be so empowering to put you front and center saying, actually, black people were the original people. You should be proud of your heritage. It can be very, uh, I guess, intoxicating to, to hear that of, for a religion. Mm. So a lot of young African-Americans joined. And because they were meeting up and they were getting educated and becoming woke and empowered, much like a, a lot of religions, I guess, it's like a little community center, a little bit. So you have Erica Badu and Rakim and Wu-Tang Clan all talking about the supreme mathematics, dropping knowledge, quote-unquote, in their songs. I, I watched the HBO documentary on the Wu-Tang Clan, and it's funny because some of them are really into it, and some of them are clearly just along for the ride and just, like, hanging out with their friends and, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, we'll go, go see this guy talk or whatever. And it even has a scene where, like, ODB, his wife, his widow is talking like, yeah, he like locked me in a bathroom for four hours until I re- could memorize the scripture that he wanted me to memorize, and she can know it off by heart. But it's, it was pretty intense. Like They took it really seriously of this scripture that this guy made up that's sort of like Islam, but not really. Mm-hmm. Even, and then LL Cool J uh, is quoted as saying, at the 5% nation's core, uh, there's a strict religious doctrine, but we weren't really following that. We were just using the label of being a 5%er as a shield to do our dirty work, which was fighting and eventually robbing people. Thank you, LL Cool J. 
But I think Erica Badu is very clearly into it. She's not like posing. She's not pretending. I think she's very woke and she's very aware of social issues and proud of her heritage and uh, a member of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think she kind of gave from like kind of reading up about it, like especially black woman, like another outlet to see themselves as, you know, see their spirituality and strength and like wisdom within themselves when, you know, on the other side of the media, you've got, you know, people talking about black women in derogatory terms or only being like sassy or like, you know, all these different boxes that the media wanted to put people into. And she was like, no, like just came through with these really smart lyrics. But then also the way that she writes is really multifaceted because she'll talk about this serious shit. But then on top of it, there's also like this wit and this humor. So you can kind of tap into either avenue of it. So yeah, yeah, she's an incredible writer and you really hear that in this song for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I before this, I, I, as far as my um, familiarity with uh, Erica, I mean, it's a lot of the singles and more of the popular songs, and especially if she was um, um, featuring with like a rapper named Common, who's one of my favorite rappers, and who's also she dated. Mm-hmm. Um, I so I just took it. Oh, she's a very good singer, and it's just kind of the soulful thing, and maybe she, you know, subject matter would be about sex and that. Um, but when she goes into um, this aspect of her beliefs, I thought it was, it was super dope because I don't know it's, it's ironic now, especially this uh, time period of social um, uh, um, change and, and all that. Like um, it's kind of like an important song. Like you can play this song now, and I think people will still be still be vibing with it too. Um, and um, Ruby, with uh, what were you saying about the wit? I thought it was dope how she was saying um, how she used um, the Outcast line, Andre 3000 line. When she opens up, she would say, see, I'll be that gypsy flipping that life game from the right brain. You know, like it's a nod to Andre 3000 from from Rosa mm. Parks, the song Rosa Parks. Um, who is also a former yeah. boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. Who is a, I think yeah. they broke up maybe mm. a year prior to this album coming out. Yeah, that's so. we're gonna, when we get to Green Eyes, we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, I get can't wait that. to get into it. But <laughs> you mentioned Common as well, who I think maybe they were romantically involved. I'm actually not sure. Yeah, I think but, they were. So yeah. Common, like water for chocolate or something, or like chocolate for water or something. And then on the other side, yeah, D'Angelo's Voodoo, which I fucking love that album. So all of these albums, they're all they're all in the same studio and they're all just bouncing ideas off each other. So even if they don't sound super similar, the vibe of those three albums coming out yeah. is, is very similar. Even Booty, yeah. the next song, mm. is like so characteristic of it. From the opening snare drum, Questlove from the Legendary Roots crew, he hits the snare and he's hitting it so hard and so fast, it sounds like mm-hmm. rain almost. It's like so iconic. There's another track that D'Angelo did called Till It's Done, has the exact same snare roll. It's Quest Love on the drums. So it is like a, a similar vibe of all these albums together in this time period. Yeah, and it really encapsulate like Neo Soul of that period that has influenced God so much Neo Soul nowadays. Like when I'm getting back to like the first single on the album, um, the first thing I thought when I heard it, I was like, wow, this sounds like a hiatus coyote song. Like it's super it's just crazy how yeah, that that time period of like the early two thousands, late nineties. <laughs> it still really lives on in like Neo Soul today. I don't know how to talk about Booty really because the lyrics are so interesting for this song where she's talking about, she's like, a man wants her more than her girl, his girlfriend, but he doesn't, she doesn't want the man. 
She'll have lines like, you got a 9 to 5 and a 6 to 10, but your man told me not to work again. Or you got a PhD, magna cum laude, but your man loved me with a GED. So in in one sense, she's bragging like, I'm so much like I'm not the desirable woman and I'm not as smart and I'm not as pretty, but your man still wants me over you. But at the same time, she goes on to say, like, I don't want your man. I don't want anyone that cheats on their partner. And also um, you are better than him as well. So it's like a weird she's bragging, but she's also saying, actually, no, you don't need this man. I, I didn't know where to like put my brain on this song. Yeah, it is really confusing, actually. Like, It's really confusing. Because when I read about it as well, because um, I, I thought the exact same thing and, and someone had written, you know, it's um, she's going against that whole thing at the time of, you know, two women fighting over a man and blah, 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 blah. But it's like the it's like the anti-Jolene song. Yeah, yeah kind of, yeah. That's, that's a good way to put it. Is, is this a feminist song? Because she's bragging about she's better than this woman and I'm going to steal your man. But then she's like, actually, I don't want him because he's a cheater. And you shouldn't want him either. Yeah. I don't know. It's some deep yeah. shit. I think so, man. I think I because I thought it was dope because in most pop song, it's like think a song like uh like The Boy is Mine or like Destiny's Child, uh jumping, jumping, like Lady Leave Your Man at Home. Ladies leave your man at home. The club is full of ballers and their pockets full of gold. And now you fellas leave your girl with her friends. Cause it's eleven thirty and the club is jumping, jumping. Bro, a lot of it's just about like cheating and like, yeah, I got your I got your girl, I got your man. Yeah. You know? But she takes that stand and it's and it's and it's a very real human emotion. Be like, Yeah, your man likes me, he wants me, even though, you know, you're working a nine to five, you've or I got a PhD and I'm like working at Kmart or whatever. But guess what? I don't want him because what kind of what kind of scumbag is he to be cheating on you? And to even think about it, like if yeah. you have the PhD, you have the, what I guess society deems as success and he's cheating on you. What do you think he's going to do to me eventually? So it is braggadocious, but it also um, implies uh, a female empowerment to say that if you have a, a partner that's going to do that, I mean, you basically don't need that person because you're so much better than, than mm. that. So You know what got me, the line that got me? Because this is yeah. the year 2000. The line she sings, See, I don't want him if he ain't made no arrangement with you. Mm. Um, and I was like, that is very ethical, non-monogamy, Brunswick East, get a load of my undercut songwriting. <laughs> that is so modern. That is like... 20 years ahead of what's very popular on Tinder these days Yeah. of like, oh, like if you've got an arrangement and you're seeing other people and it's an open relationship, it's fine. But if he hasn't, it was just such an interesting line from Erica. Yeah, Bardo. well, I guess like talking about it openly, yeah, is, yeah, would I guess would have been unusual. We're only really starting to openly have conversations about polyamory and stuff. Over the past yeah. few years, I've really overseen it, seen it come out. Um, she was ahead of her time. She was. Yeah, exactly. Another another thing you don't necessarily hear in like the average pop song as well. Yeah, for sure. Unfortunately, we have to talk about Enya some more. Like, there's just just songs, and it was songs like um, Pilgrim and One by One, One by One in particular, where the songs started to run together. And I played One by One on my first run through of the album, and I thought, haven't I already listened to this song before? Like, was this song earlier? Is this a repeat? Did it happen earlier in the album? It's not a bad song. It has a nice little melody to it. She has nice vocals, but it's so prototypical Enya, and I've only listened to these Enya songs that you almost expect it. It's it's disappointingly normal and Enya. I almost wanted more fucked up, dark, symphonic brooding noises like Tempus Vernum or Fallen Embers, 
which is like a bit more reflective. This song sucked. Pilgrim and One by One sucked. Yeah, and Silver Inches. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't tell them apart. I can tell Booty is different from, like, you know, Green Eyes, but I can't tell these Enya like, songs Enya, apart. just choose one, babe. Like, just choose one. Like, we don't need them all. It's okay. Yeah, I mean, one positive thing I would say about with, with Pilgrim, I, I just like the lyrics when she goes, one way leads to diamonds, one way leads to gold. Only leads you only to everything you're told. Um, in your heart, you wonder which of these is true. The road that leads to nowhere, the road that leads to you. I was just kind of like, I guess that's kind of deep, but I think by that time when I'm listening to this album, by the time I reach here, I'm just, I'm kind of, uh, I'm looking for some gold nuggets to pull out, you know, gold nuggets of positivity to be like, okay, that's, that's something we can use that. So, um, I tried really hard to, I was trying to be positive. I was, I, cause I, I feel like we were always punching down and yeah, I, yeah. I tried to be positive, but holy shit. To be fair, the Erica Badu album is not flawless. I, personally, I don't think mm. like, I think songs like Orange Moon and In Love With You, they're for me, Pedro knows this, I don't really like ballads that much, and they're a little bit like sickly mm-hmm. sweet. Not as bad as Enya. Obviously, miles better than anything on A Day Without Rain. But for me, Orange Moon, In Love With You, those songs are a little bit too sappy. And even she even got Stephen Marley on it, which is kind of nice. Mm. Which, yeah. I, I thought I thought it must be fucking rough, not only to be a legendary music icon son, you know, your dad was Bob Marley, but also you're not even the most successful son. Like Ziggy Marley is more popular. Damien Marley's more popular. Uh, yeah. You're Stephen Marley. You're the third most successful, like, son. That's got to be rough for the kid. Yeah. I didn't mind that song, but it felt a, a bit random in the album, I thought. I don't know if it fit as well with everything else. Um, yeah. But I loved Orange Moon. I love that song. I don't know. Maybe that's really? just me. Yeah. What do you love about Orange? No, totally fair. It just <laughs> makes me, I love that it's super kind of like very classic jazz, um, mm-hmm. more so than like that neo soul element. I thought that was quite nice. Um, I don't know. Something about it makes me smile, especially when it gets into the like, how good it is, that bit. And she just keeps mm-hmm. repeating it and it keeps... Oh, did you just play a clip? Did you just play a clip from the <laughs> And like it just keeps building and stuff. I don't know. And it just kind of swells and takes you away. Um, I think that was more of like a welcome change of the in the album for me than say, um, what's the other one? In Love With You or whatever. Yeah. Like I still like the song In Love With You, but it's probably my least favorite on the album. Really? See, I like In Love With You. Mm. It's funny. Like, everyone, it's because you're such a sucker for ballads. I know. I you, am. I, know I do. You I love do love stuff. a good ballad. I am. Um, yeah, I did. I did. I did like it. Stephen Marley, I think he, he's, yeah, yeah, he's a smooth voice. It's good. Would have been better with like Damien or Ziggy? Sure. Why not? You know, maybe even get Bob on there. Um, but um, <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like that song. Just because I can imagine it would, I think what it would have been dope, like, I imagine sitting there live and she's doing her thing. And then, you know, uh, uh, Steven comes out and does his thing and starts and starts killing it. I hope he's just like, oh, that's kind of that's super gangster for them to do. So, um, yeah, yeah, I thought it was a good combination. And I wouldn't mind to hear maybe like a five track EP of them two just putting some songs together. Get the fuck just out of here. A five, a five track I, EP of I this? Said, I said five track EP, not a whole album. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> five yeah, tracks but I see what you mean and kind of explore that idea a bit more yeah yeah exactly because I, I think what D- damien did a whole album with nas uh distant cousins 
where you know he's rapping he's singing and Nas is mostly rapping and stuff and harmonizing but I, and I thought that was dope just because individually they do good music by themselves but the combination of them was uh, just something different but it was still able to mesh and I think with this track in love with you they are good on their own but when you put them together it's not like it's so um so opposite or uh, they just they they mesh really well together so um I thought I thought the track came out really really nice talking about like her lyrics and Erica Badu is quite poetic right like the way she she it's not doesn't always make sense and there's some non sequiturs and it's quite poetic whereas Enya's lyrics are literally poetry like literally a Irish poet Roma Ryan writes it so in a song like Flora's Secret which is so twee it hurts talks about lovers in the long grass look above them only they can see where the clouds are going which is it's like a childhood poem bedtime story type thing and the song has that vibe as well it's just it's not for me I don't think it's good poetry and I don't think it's a good song (laughs) I mean I I feel you I was like oh this is kind of a nice happy one you know, it's very it was, happy. It was very, very happy. happy. Yeah. Lyrically, I'm not going to lie, I didn't listen to a single lyric on this whole album because it just doesn't come through. Like my brain would just switch off because yeah. all you hear is just kind of like that Enya 5,000 voices tone that kind of comes through and the lyrics get lost. It's in the same yeah. way you don't listen for lyrics when you're in a lift and listening to the elevator music. You don't listen for lyrics there and you don't listen for it here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, like, Erica Badu, you can't help but just be like, oh, okay, she said that. Like, it just kind of comes straight through. It's Yeah, it's the, the difference between, like, cold and, and warm, and this is still quite distant, the lyrics and this poetry. Erica Badu, she hangs out with all these fantastic musicians, and she mentions the word tribe, you know, like, well, we're all part of the same tribe, my bass player and my drummer and stuff are all part of the same tribe, which, by the way... Only someone as earthy and soulful as Erica Badu can get away with using the word tribe. I had a housemate come over for an interview the other day because we had a, a vacant room, and he's like, uh-huh. "Yeah, I'm just trying to find my tribe. You know, I'm trying to add to my tribe." And I was like, Fuck. "I was like, Jesus. fuck off this fucking like <laughs> yo pro white guy from Brunswick. You know, he's got a he's got a mullet. And he's like, I'm just looking for for my tribe. You know, I'm like, fuck right off, mate. Yikes! Wow, it's, it's gonna get a yikes from me, dog. Oh, damn. so when's he moving in? Yeah, no. Yeah, he's yeah. he's actually behind me. Uh, right? yeah. He's standing behind me, isn't he? <laughs> All right, and so we we also have songs like AD 2000, which is a tribute to 22-year-old Guinean immigrant Amadou Diallo, who was shot dead by four plainclothed members of the New York City Police Department in February 1999. So there's a very conscious element to her music, whereas Enya's is sort of timeless, and it could be for any rainy day at any point in time. Clearly, the shooting of unarmed black men by police isn't a new or recent issue in America, mm. um, and he was shot at... 41 times, which is absolutely revolting. Uh, and the murder would inspire a few songs, actually, including American Skin by Bruce Springsteen and Diallo by Wyclef Jean, to, to name a few. What did you think of AD 2000 in terms of, especially in the context of what's happening in the world right now? Um, yeah, I think just in the context of what's happening in the world right now. I actually hadn't, I thought I'd listened to this album in full, but I must not have when I recommended it to talk about because <laughs> I was like I haven't heard this song before um and I was listening to it walking around and obviously uh shit's really been blowing up lately with Black Lives Matter and police brutality and just listening to that song and knowing what it was about um and what does she say she's there's there'll be no uh 
building or something you know in my name it yeah. might be a news story but you're not going to name a building after after me like if it had happened to like a war exactly and just like yeah, a line as simple as that really like cuts that that just hits at home like the whole you know issue of the inequality of you know how we look at different people just because of the color of their skin and like that something as simple as that just yeah really it hits home i guess she also says like um my name will be misstated surely mm. and i probably like mispronounced his name mm. as well so the thing is like he's not important enough to even get his name correct yeah. or something uh, yeah. which is like another hugely powerful line yeah it's crazy man like she it's it, it it's crazy like that's the song came out when this album came out in 2000 but it's still very poignant i mean 20 years after the fact it's 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 sad that we're, I guess we're still dealing with these issues and shit. Um, and I think hopefully people listening to the podcast will go back and uh, revisit Mama's Gun and appreciate mm. it for um, what it how I mean appreciate it for what it was at the time, but also can appreciate it now um, in a different in a, in a different basically in a different decade. And um, see that it's still relevant today. I mean, technically, the one thing I liked, I loved about the song was like when it starts off and she starts singing. And the, like, did you guys notice like the vocals are panning from left to right and then right to left in yes. the, the headphone? No, you won't be naming no buildings after me. They go down the left. I oh I I feel like some I I thought that was so dope. Sometimes in like tracks it could be a little bit corny because typically when like an artist will do that it's kind of for it's so obvious like like some rappers will be like I'm I'm talking to the left and it comes out of your left headphone or I'm talking to the right and it comes out of the right side. But the way she does it, it's just super super hypnotic and it's a a great way to yeah. uh, start the track off. Uh, she also had I think the biggest song quote unquote was bag lady on mama's gun because yeah. it was a top 10 hit on billboard and she got nominated for a grammy for it as well it didn't do that much for me i think it was at this point because it is a 71 minute album mm. and i listened to it in all one go it can get a little bit it's just one long jam session so i can't like pick out bag lady as a as a super standout part yeah i actually agree it's definitely not my favorite song on the album um or even you know my top few favorite songs on the album i love the message behind it um it's it's really strong mm -hmm. the lyrics are so simple but they convey so much um and the music video as well obviously heightens that um what it's saying but yeah musically i didn't really think i didn't enjoy it love it as much as other tracks on the album for sure yeah, yeah, the message is dope about emotional baggage and relationships and stuff. The one thing that uh, I, I would say with that took me out of the song is because it samples um, Bumpy Lament's song, which Dr. Dre sampled, uh, I think, the year before with Explosive. I don't know if you guys heard Explosive. Hey. Do -do 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 -do. that so like the whole time i'm listening to it, i'm like oh i think i just like to talk to dre song a little bit better just because that's just my flavor of music you know um but when yeah. i was like so so when i listen to this i'm just like oh i'm just like I'm, i just kept thinking dr dre dr dre so i i don't think i can wait any longer to talk about green eyes um yeah, can we talk about and <laughs> last song last song this is an absolutely fucking phenomenal song this is great songwriting God tier vocals, 
the everything from like the Billy Holiday, Etta James sort of opening where it's old style, and then it, the the music just creeps in on the on With the. Your Oh my god, this song rocks. You can watch her do it live. She did an NPR Tiny Desk concert of her performing it, and she's got like golden cicadas and beetles in her hair and shit, and she looks amazing. She goes really vulnerable on this track too. Like, this is maybe one of the best breakup songs I've ever heard in my life. I love this fucking track. Yeah, this is like literally one of my, like I'm pressed to say my favorite song like ever. I'm just in this it's just such a journey like holy shit and like to have all of those different sections but put them all together so seamlessly convey every single part of that emotional journey of ending I mean it was about Andre 3000 right so that's her yeah so baby's dad after the Baduism she was really successful took a break to uh, have a child who she named seven because of course she's gonna name it seven (laughs) And she, so she was with Andre 3000 and they broke up and their relationship was broken down by this point and she used it to, to write Green Eyes. Yeah. Again, like lyrically, who starts a song with my eyes are green because I eat a lot of vegetables and then it just mm-hmm. becomes this like epic love Which is ballad. Which a fucking great line. It's a brilliant line. Yeah. It's such a brilliant line. Um, but And it's classic Erika Badu, like give you something a bit witty, a bit weird. That's actually really poetic and... Um, meaningful if you kind of look look into it so there's there's like a, a point because the, the it's expressing that she's she's pretending not to be jealous like yeah. I've, i'm green with envy but i'm not really so she's going through denial mm-hmm. and the point of i then she goes like actually just come over sleep with me again i miss you and she go, goes through all of it and even to the point where in the live performance she talks to herself a little bit she's like i miss you no wait no i don't i think it's it's so brilliant her portrayal of it and it's so different i was so pleased because it's so different from booty where she's this confident woman and she's um like i don't you know i can i don't need this man or whatever you don't need him either and she can show different facets of her personality she can be vulnerable on a track and talk about being jealous and heartbroken i was like oh erica perfect yeah what a track yeah definitely i mean it's just it goes back to that thing it's just that raw human emotion like she just really is in tune with uh how she feels um her emotional side and the genius part about it is that she's just able to um write it down and vocalize it very eloquently um in a and sing it great um but convey it in a way that you know, people just people can understand it and 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 just um and feel it and it, it resonates with people. So I loved how it opened up with like that old time um kind of style, yeah, like so great, like an old jazz kind of thing, like I don't know, like nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties type of feel to it. Because I was like, okay, I I was like, oh, is this the whole song? Is this how it's going to be? And then it changes, um, and then it um it does this thing, and I was like, okay, that was that was super dope. How, how they went about doing it. When when Pete, when I shoot a Hollywood blockbuster movie and Matthew McConaughey dumps Sarah Jessica Parker and she's sad and she's in a coffee shop looking out the window, you expect them to play Enya because that's the music. Like, I'm going to play some yeah. Enya and it's, like, wisty and then they run together in the rain and kiss, blah, 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 blah. They should be playing Erica Badu fucking Green Eyes because that's a much better breakup song and it conveys it so much, but it's just not as on-the-nose sad as Enya. Enya is, like... 
throwing a cream pie in your face of, look at all this sad music for a rainy day, whereas there's depth to Erica Badu's music. Yeah, because that's the thing. It's like, it's not going through something like that, like a breakup. It's not that one-sided. Like, it's so multifaceted. Like, And she she does that really well in a way that, it's so, it's so so such confusing confusing emotions and she kind of just lays it all out there in, in her lyrics that you can look at it and be like oh yeah that is how it is like when she's like um I don't love you anymore yes I do I think like you know just that constant back and forth um but yeah it makes it really easy to understand um and does people a service by actually being like yeah you're not just sad or you're not just happy like there's so much going on in these times so yeah I think that's really cool uh, putting them up against each other, I think. Um, I mean, it's obviously Enya's Mama's the better album. Clearly, <laughs> yes, of course. Even though she is a war criminal, and Jesus starting nine eleven. Uh, no, Mama's allegedly, gun, allegedly. Uh, we'll 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 figure that out. So, um, no, Mama's Gun is obviously the better album, just for just because um, it's just it's so much depth. Like I was just thinking about it earlier before we got on mic. It's like it's like a really big meal but like really good soul food that is just just good for your body and has all the flavor and everything's in there like the production is awesome it has some of the you know quest love is on it and just some just some of the best people on it to um put out this music and like i i really listen for like even technical stuff like um like the mix of of the music you know i can hear every instrument Mm. i can hear her voice really well i understand what she's saying um, and then, you know, the lyrics come in, they're profound, they're deep. They make me actually feel, feel something, you know, um, I wanted to, to mention, cause I, we might've skipped one song, but we didn't touch on it. Times of wasting. That's a song that I was, I felt in my, like my fucking soul, man. Because, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the song, the song is just about, um, people who, or particularly men who don't have like a life plan or something. And she's basically like saying like times are wasting. I like feel personally lyrics... targeted and victimized <laughs> by this song. Well, yeah. But she goes like, you know, one of the lyrics is, you know, cause times are wasting. Don't take your time, young man, keep on drifting and no, and ain't no telling where you'll land. I heard that. And I was like, fuck man. Like, I feel like she's talking right to me because you know, it's just, you know, I, I, sometimes you know as a as a young person sometimes you might feel that way like you don't know what you're doing with yourself and and all this shit so um i don't know i heard that track and i was like holy shit she's speaking right to me she's like like really into my soul so um you know i thought that was that was dope so that's what i mean that with when mama's gun it's like so flavorful full of deep lyrics and great production that it's just just nurturing for your soul where whereas Enya even the title a day without rain or whatever it's it's almost like reaching it's like this is going to be sad music and we're we're going to try to do it but you know whereas mama's gun is like this hot beautiful dish of jambalaya like Enya's music is just pea soup I got a couple of things I got a couple of things for that um a I totally get the yeah. the feeling of being targeted by music because when TLC is singing about no scrubs, I'm always like, am I a scrub? I think I might be a <laughs> scrub. I They're a singing scrub? about me. <laughs> and yeah. obviously, like, Mama's Gone is a big, hearty meal. Soul food, you're right. Pun not intended. Uh, whereas Enya is like finding a Band-Aid in your food for me. It is just so unpleasant. Yeah. It's just gross. Um, we want to we wanna keep these things sort of trim. 
So I'd like to wrap it up, but if you had to recommend a song from both albums, what would it be? Um, do you want to go first, Ruby? Um, yeah. Well, Mama's Gun, so hard, but it's definitely got to be Green Eyes. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's a journey. Um, get ready for your life to change is all I have to say. <laughs> um, and then honestly, just for the lols, Tempest Burnham. Like, I think on Enya's album, just have a little listen. <laughs> I just, I really want people to understand, like, what we're talking about when we're like, you're going into the pits of hell. Like, this is your theme song for that journey. So, yeah, that would be my recommendation. Nice just, one. Just for the lols. Just um, for the Pedro? lols. I'm going to have a tough one with this because I like a lot of stuff on Mama's Gun. I don't want to go for the obvious one. Uh, man, fuck. Um... It's good for me. Um, if I had to choose one, and because you mentioned it, I love ballads and duets. I'm gonna choose "In Love with You" because I just like the combination of Stephen Marley and Erica Badu. I just really love it. And like I said, I would love to hear a little bit more. the The other one that was kind of a close second was "AD 2000" for what everything, particularly with everything that's going on. But I think that maybe we need to take a break from everything that's going on in the world, you know. Um, mm. And with Enya. You know that 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 devil song is a good one, but I'm just gonna go with the 911 track, just uh, only time, because it's just like, hey guys, remember this song? Uh, remember from that car commercial uh, that we've heard a million times, and you don't really, never really resonated with you. So um, I'm gonna choose that song for uh, with the for Enya. Um, yeah, green eyes it has to be green eyes. I know, I know, but it has to be. I don't want to even, I can't even be contrarian, which I usually love to be, but it's just such a great song. Uh, and Enya, oh god, Enya, if you want to relive the finale of Friends Season 8 where they use the song, or perhaps you want to relive 9-11, listen to, uh, pretty much the entire, the entire Enya album. Oh, fuck, it's just, uh, I, I can't choose a song of Enya. It's, no, not, not happening. In any case, thanks for joining us, Ruby. Yes, uh, thank we you. We super appreciate it. Thank you so much for having but me. But you have your own music to talk about. Tell us about your music. Oh, God. Yes, my music. Where to begin? Um, so I've recently gone solo. So I was in a band for the past couple years, which was awesome. We're doing like some funk rock soul kind of stuff. Which had an awesome name, by yes, the way. Yes, Wax Shacks and the Midnight Snacks. It was a good name. Uh, really, yeah. yeah, it really stood out on the lineup. <laughs> that's for sure. Um, so yeah, that all ended. And then I started working on some music with my brother back home, Andrew. So he's like an incredible dancer, but, um, he's also a rapper and makes like sick beats. So we started working on stuff. He would just send me stuff here. And then when I went back to New Zealand, we recorded three songs and I've released the first one, which was called La Dida. And I'm about to release the second track on the 1st of July called Underwater. So yeah, I'm really excited. Mm. Awesome. And people can listen to this on Spotify, yeah, and everything or Spotify, Apple Music, Triple J on Earth. Um, yeah, all of those. All your kind of like major streaming platforms, it will be up on there. Excellent. Uh thanks so much and we'll see you guys Thank next you. week. Bye. See you bye. bye.